two experts, one show, and everything Riverland football. Seriously, who writes these scripts? <laughs> what is this, amateur hour? Well, at least they love the game. And maybe a... Responsibly, of course. The Kick-Ons Podcast with Lionsy and Dillo, quenching your thirst for the latest in Riverland football. So turn it up. The grand final combatants are locked away in the independence, but it's off-field in the RFL where controversy has made for an interesting prelude to this week's preliminary final. Thank you for downloading our show from wherever you are and welcome to the Kick-Ons podcast. I'm your host, Brennan Lyons, and joining me is, well, a man who's just arrived back in time for prelim final week and to uh, kick us into the grand final. He's our captain. He's our spiritual leader. He is Nick Dillon. Welcome back. Thanks, Lindsay. Good to be back. And uh, it's been a long time coming. We've had a bit of a rough trot. I've sort of been in and out of the team, haven't I? But uh, on the men now and, and feeling great. So looking forward to hitting the next couple of weeks as, to finish off the season. And uh Gee, you're right about coming back at the right time, mate. It's all happening, isn't it? Yeah, I was trying to think of all the great uh, comebacks. You know, someone uh, from uh, that who was injury prone and came back for a, a prelim final to, uh, you know, one of those great comeback stories. But, yeah, it eluded me in the end. But I'm sure... Yeah. Can't think of any off the top of my head either, but uh, I'm sure I'll think of one. As yeah, I'll, I'll just yell out someone's name randomly as we're halfway through the show, and you know who I'm talking about. But absolutely, and you know what, mate? Now's the time for you to make some history as well. So maybe you might That's just it. write your own narrative on this one, <laughs> mate. So, <laughs> huge show coming up uh, this weekend as we get into yep. uh, prelim final week. Also, Independent Grand Final Week and our Player Spotlight will actually uh, take on the form of the Coaches Spotlight this week as we preview the big dance between the Magpies and the Redbacks with the Ladders coach, uh, Alan Harvey, all thanks to CPM Riverland Refrigerated. Then we'll unpack what we're calling the Playergate saga. Well, it was all over and done with within a space of about 72 hours, so we might call it the mini-series maybe, um, that emerged out the fallout uh, from last weekend's second semi-final with Wakery President Aaron Thompson. So, Dillo, you've put on your old hat and been our intrepid news gatherer there. Yeah, good for Tomo to come on and, and have a chat to us because it's been a tough couple of days, um, not only for him, but other people that are obviously involved as well. So great that he's um, taken the time out and and uh, just sort of, I guess, to put, put um, maybe some facts straight, you know, get some things straight that have been said over the past two or three days. And he just wants to make sure that the uh, the truth's out there. So good on him for coming on the, on the here and yeah, we'll look forward to having a chat to him soon. Yeah, and I, you know, we'll unpack it as we go, and I think it's something we'll put up on the RFL roundtable because look, it has uh, surfaced many opinions, and uh, these type of topics do get people's juices flowing. Look, it had to be dealt with. We've we've got a, a uh, resolution now, and we can get back on with the business of football, which uh, you know it's quite uh, evidently been a distraction for the week. And I guess uh, all the clubs involved, and especially the RFL, would like to get on with the business of football and putting together a a successful final series. But uh, it would be remiss of us not to cover what's happened, so we'll get into that. And uh, yeah, like we just teased, yes, it will be going on the RFL roundtable later with Liam Jackson and Tom Jolly joining us. uh, And uh, we'll... 
as always, uh, present our top shelf football banter and their nomination for the RFL Battler of the Week, plus your comments from the Marks Up Facebook page this week. But before we get into that, Dillo, let's hit news of the week. And on Monday night, the RFL Commission handed down its penalty to the Renmark Rovers Football Club for a constitutional breach in the second semi-final against Wakery last Saturday. Renmark played an ineligible player in its A grade uh, who had played in the B grade semi-final the week earlier. The RFL had communicated to the clubs it viewed the separate weeks as one major round of semi-finals. The club will accept a suspended $5,000 fine, a loss of four premiership points in 2023, and be sanctioned four less player-approved points than the other clubs next season on top of that. So... Yeah, uh, huge, huge week in uh, Riverland football, <laughs> probably to uh, bang out the cliche straight away. Hey, hey good <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think that fine as well. I think, the, so I think they have to pay 2500 up front and then it's uh, the other 2500 suspended. So it's it's a big penalty. Um, you know, it's it's all happened very quickly. And, uh, you know, you, you feel for all parties involved because – Let's be let's be honest. Nobody has gone out there to to try and rot the system or anything like that, and no club's gone out there to try and you know dob another club in. This has just escalated, and obviously the the rumor mill makes things larger than what it is. The so, social media makes things larger than what it is, and a fair chunk of it's been sort of just it's just exploded. Um, but no, I don't think there's any real animosity between the clubs either. But um, obviously, it's something that Remark's going to have to deal with now, and. Um, I think they they may even look at the rule as well, Lanty. I, I don't know. I don't know that the rule is something that's that will go forward because if you think about it, what if somebody, what if one of the players had COVID and had to miss out, and what do you do? It's, I think I think the issue became less about the actual rule itself, and it ended up being procedures, from what I understand, and that. I don't think the Rovers informed the RFL that this was going to happen, that they wanted to play this player. If they had, I'm not sure, you know, that any of this would have happened. That uh, potentially that um, you know the player would be, would have potentially been able to play. We it just would have carried on as normal. So yeah, unpacking it all, mate. It's it's been a big three days for the, for the Riverland Footy League and the two clubs, and I'm sure they all just want to get on with the um, the prelim this weekend and and move on, mate. Yeah, because it seems like it's uh, it's an existing rule that was applied to a new. Circumstance with the uh, the split. Uh, if we, if we, you know, it's it's not a split round as per se, but that's just what we call it. Having the semi-finals over the consecutive weekends, just um, yeah, applying it to a in a new setting. So look, there there could be some area for misinterpretation there, but uh, you know uh, that that's kind of to be expected with this. But the RFL was up front saying that it would be viewed as one round. So um, that was sent out to the clubs yeah. in the in yeah. the weeks prior to finals. So yeah. um, that they were certainly well aware of that. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it'll be a, a split week next year. And that was only that only came about through necessity. I think it came down to the Russell Ebert tribute game. When that came in, they sort of had to rejig the season to make sure they didn't have a clash at the end of the year with independent grand final. And so that's why it was spread over four weeks to make sure it finished after the independence. So, um, 
yeah, fingers crossed we don't see anything like this again. Yeah, that's it. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll dive into more of that as we uh, talk with uh, Aaron Thompson a little bit later and with the fellas on the RFL roundtable, Liam Jackson and Tom Jolly. Uh, also, um, unfortunately, uh, this uh, achievement was overshadowed by the big news of the week, mm. but... Um, Sedan Cambrai's Cam Thompson was named the 2022 Duthy Medal winner at a presentation held at the Cobb Dogler Club on Sunday. Uh, Thompson finished ahead of BSR's Matt Clark and Paringa's Zach Fran to take the medal. And uh, two years in a row, it's gone to a first-year independent player as we uh, had the late Bradley Walkley uh, secure it last year as well. So a bit of a theme. Also from Sedan Cambrai too. Yes. So, um, yeah, that Cam's had a great season. Um, you know, we spoke to him earlier in the year, didn't we? And, um, you know, he's come into the league and absolutely dominated from day one. Um, I think he's only had a couple of quiet games. Every other game he's been, been amongst the best and just been a real class act in the midfield for the Magpies and the key reason why they're in the grand final this weekend. So c- congratulations to, uh, to Cam there. Um, it was a good day actually out at the Cobby. Um, they, the RFL and, and the, and the six clubs did a really good job of, of putting that on and, um, you know, uh, it's since I've changed to a Sunday and they have it in, have the netball involved as well. It's, it's, um, it's a bit different to the old Monday nights. And to be honest, it probably gets away from the, uh, <laughs> used to be some pretty, pretty crazy mad Mondays. We've, we, I had a few myself roll in there, got interviewed by Aaron Jarman and, uh, sorry, Andrew Jarman and yeah, got a bit carried away one night. So it's good that it's on the Sunday. Now people are a little bit, uh, a little bit, um, you know, a bit more reserved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also, uh, we should add, um, BSR's Alan Harvey was named Coach of the Year, uh, while mm-hmm. Wonka's Bailey Hill won the Best First Year Player Award. And uh, also, uh, the Wonka Quartet, uh, Mick Evans, Daniel Evans, Lincoln Evans, and Mark Rudiger were all awarded life memberships. Uh, so, well done there. Uh, very uh, proud representation by the Bulldogs. Yeah, a few retrospective ones there. Uh, especially, so Mark Rudiger, I don't know if you know, Lindsay, he, he's got one arm. Um, so he plays, uh, footy, played footy back in the day with one arm and it was just amazing to see the way he um, went about it. Copped a, copped his stump in the eye a couple of times and he, he certainly didn't hold back and had the pleasure of going on a golf trip with him a couple of weeks back or a couple of months ago. And, um, he's an, he's an absolute ripper. So, um, great to see. And all, all those guys are, we, we probably should mention as well, mate, they had the junior medal count on at Barmer clubs pretty well straight after the, uh, the Duthie medal. So I was lucky enough to get to both and, uh, Barman Monash's Harry Banks took out the under 13s best and fairest. He won, he got 30 votes and won from, uh, Loxton North Thomas Meany on 27. And in the under 15s, it was Berries Liam Watson storming home, uh, to win on 34 votes from Loxton's Caden Evans. So well done to those boys. Excellent. Yes. Yes. Well done, mate. Well, well picked up on that one there. And uh, also uh, in our juniors, uh, another big achievement as well. Uh, Renmark's Judd Hansen and Loxton's Jack Oates uh, were named in the Sandfalls Under-17 Future Squad on Monday. Uh, that program will culminate in a showcase Under-17 Futures match being played at the Adelaide Oval on Grand Final Day on September 18. So a great opportunity in front of those uh, young lads to play on the big stage. Absolutely. It's bloody awesome. What an opportunity yeah. to, to get out there on Grand Final Day and, and run around. So well done to those two lads. And, and well done to all the Riverland lads down there this year because we've had quite a few running around in the 16s and 18s and even locally here in the in the West Adelaide Academy. Um, and we've got a 
a really good crop of kids coming through that can hopefully take the next step and, and go down and play some league footy at Sandford at some stage. Yes, absolutely, mate. And I'll just shoehorn this one on the end of the news. Uh, a uh, bit of content that's up on the Marks Up Facebook page at the moment, young Jonty Coney uh, kicking the uh, yeah. winning goal for Westies there in the under-16s. 16, yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah, so yep. well done. Uh, in the clutch moments, being able to seal the game to the young fella. Yeah, nice for him to get that uh, mentioned on their Facebook page as well. So they got it out there, showed the video and everything, and um, he's a lad that's gone, gone quite well. I think he played a bit of footy up here as well this year and, and did well too. So, yeah, if we just keep producing them, mate, and and, uh, and Westies are the beneficiaries, which is fantastic to see. It is that they are, mate, and have been a long-time supporter of uh, Riverland football with uh, with the association of the zone there, mate. Well, what a, what a list of news this week, mate. <laughs> that's... Uh, Busy. That's the biggest news we've had all year. I think so, mate. (laughs) Plenty going on. So now let's get into our round review. And uh, look, mate, just before we get into our wash up, just one rule for what we liked. Can we stick to the positive side of things, please? Yeah, so we'll look at the positive. Um, so mine is it's a little bit of a, I guess a little bit of a turn our own horn. But Mark's up sponsored the independent team of the year Yay. this year. Um, giving back very late. Finally, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was very late, so we got on board, but um, got the sponsor. And I think they had nineteen or twenty of the players there, which is a great turnout out of the Duthy Medal. Um, yeah, really happy to get on board with that, and uh, it was a great team picked as well. Six from BSR, which is huge, plus the coaches as well so um, well done to all those players something I was yeah, pretty happy to be part of I've gone with uh, this caught my eye in the second semi-final uh, one of the young boundary umpires out there Daniel Zanovich ran out the whole game with his arm in a plaster oh yeah right yes, wow. yes. it's impressive and doing a, a damn good job from the uh, RFL umpires panel uh, from Todd Charlton um, yeah uh, he got a big pat on the back for uh, being able to uh, lift the team because uh, you know as we know um, you know umpires are always in uh, short supply and especially when it comes in the finals and uh, he's did his part for the team there with uh, well literally one arm uh, behind his back pretty much <laughs> yeah. oh, good on you lad that's that's a great news story Matt well picked up yeah yeah so uh, that's what we liked from the weekend now let's get into the result uh, so Renmark 14-589 defeating Wakery 5-3 33 started out as a uh, a bit of a tight contest but uh, the Rovers pulled away in the end to make it into their fifth straight grand final yeah they've um you know we, we spoke about you know dynasties and stuff at the start of the year didn't we with with Remark, I think it might have been you that said that and yeah you know, they're well on their way they're into another GF and it was just a it was just a big second quarter I think I was listening to it on the radio on my way back from Mildura and um the dulcet tones of Lockie Winnell and Nobby Norton and Trav Dubrick and and just listen to the you know the way they they talked about how Remark just absolutely dominated that quarter um, and just blew blew Wakery away and it's always tough to beat Remark at Remark and um, they needed to play four quarters to do it Wakery but obviously they couldn't quite sustain that but that second half pretty competitive held Remark to only two or three goals I think they only kicked a couple themselves but you know that gives them some positives to go forward. Last week on the RFL roundtable, we talked about uh, game changers and uh, players that find that extra gear in finals. Zach Gardery, Zach 2.0, what <laughs> a 
commanding display that was uh, from the big man. It, he was pulling marks out of the clouds. He kicked uh, two goals and uh, just on the on the count, 32 hit outs on the day. Yeah, right. Like, wow. You know, That's impressive. That is an impressive day out. That is by, uh, if, you know, if this is a Zach 2.0, I can't wait for the software upgrade, mate. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> Can we take credit for it? Because let's be honest, we didn't write him off at the start of the year, but we did say that Alex Haynes probably had the number one ruck roll after after last year's season. And, you know, we said that maybe Zach's going to be our be their second ruckman. Um, we never said he was probably going to be out of their side, but we said he'd be, you know, potentially playing second fiddle to, to Alex. We got a little bit of feedback about that, didn't we? From not from Zach, but from a few other a few of Zach's mates at the footy club. A few of the, the Rovers faithful, you might say. <laughs> yeah, some of the the redheads down there, and and uh, I think you know maybe deservedly so we, we'll cop that whack because Zach's come out and had an, an absolute uh, blinder of a year, and um, you know certainly proven us wrong. And Alex Haynes has come out and, and had a cracker too. You know he's played a lot more forward and kicked, kicked a lot of goals, so it's a good good tandem for the Rovers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it seems as though Zach's kind of made that rock roll his own. Uh, he mm. definitely. Uh, uh, running the show there in the middle. And um, it's interesting, uh, just an observation I made and how pivotal he was to that game. I kind of uh, kind of uh, threw it out there as uh, perhaps how Wakery might approach this game. And, uh, well, that, they effectively um, threw away the ruck contest most of the time. Uh, the, the actual game hitouts was 34 to 16. That's adding in uh, Alex's contribution there as well. Brent, uh, sorry, Wakery were very, very good at getting that first touch off, uh, off the ruck and getting the ball moving okay. forward. So, so basically, just played a, f- a fourth mid to sort of try and counter. Exactly, Jack Colbert Zach was Summers. able to get up forward. He kicked the goal as well. So, uh, yeah, yep. that was just my observation. And uh, well, maybe Shane Stevens was listening in uh, as well uh, on that. <laughs> on uh, yeah, on my uh, prediction from last week. So, I like it. so Shane, I'll send you the invoice, mate. I know you're an avid listener, mate. <laughs> but but uh, well, in all, yeah, we, we, in all we're, we're influencers here, mate. But that's what we do. Yeah, but in all seriousness, um, look, Wakery, they did actually put up a very good fight, although the scoreboard reflected otherwise. Look, they they were still around the mark, still getting up forward. You know, still plenty of pressure at the contest. Look. Like we, we just mentioned, they were getting some of their first touch stuff was was good, but just a few of their, uh, you know, few of their mainstay guys just weren't kind of firing. Jared B had a bit of a quiet day. Um, you know, we saw Matty Spensley down back more times uh, than than not. Uh, so, you know, taking the, the focus off, the, off their forward pressure, I thought, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing if – because they've got such a young young team now, they they need their their older players and the more experienced guys to um, to probably step up. And um, sometimes you, you're going to have games where they're not able to. So, you know, I'm sure Wakery will bounce back this week and play a really good game against Loxton. Um, looking forward to seeing how they respond, and we'll, we'll talk a bit about that that more uh, later on. But um, you know that. it's one of those things, isn't it? You can you can have a bad second semi performance. Because you've earned the right to, you, you've worked hard to get the double chance. 
I'll get to crack, have another crack against Loxton this week, and and what a grand final we'd have if, uh, if well, who, no matter who gets through. But obviously, with the events of the past couple of weeks, it's going to be um, yeah interesting if Waker get through to to play the Rovers. Yeah, that's right, mate. So yeah, we'll touch on all of that later when we get to our preview of uh, the prelim final. So let's get across uh, to the prelim final just gone in the independence, and BSR have romped into uh, the grand final sixteen thirty. 13109 to Wanka 61046 and it will be the uh BSR's uh, first uh, grand final appearance since 2014 uh when they met with uh Kingston Marook. Uh Marook Kingston? Yes. Yep, yep. I was uh, at that one out of Browns well. I'm from Kingston and, uh... so Kingston always goes first. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Don't tell the Marook people that though. Um, no. Hello yeah, to everyone so, down uh, the road. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it was a good win from them and, and just talking to a few people and we'll talk to Harves about it later on but um, that I know that uh, they were very happy with the performance and, and one of their best for the year um, To Wanka's credit, you know, they were still in the game at halftime if they kick straighter, they're a little bit in but it's been a story of their year that there's been games where they've kicked themselves out of particularly against those top two teams and, and they did it again on the weekend so where do you sort of I don't know, where do you look at, how do you rate Wanka's season from where, you know, I, I expect them to play in the grand final this year um, when we saw some of the recruits they got I in. I think we've got that then, tank somewhere. Sorry, I, was I that, think we've got, got that, that tank from you. Yeah, you've got that, you, you do, yep. Well, we won't play that again now. Um, but obviously before, I think before round one or round two, you know, they lost four of those guys that they'd planned to to have out there, which which really hurt them because they would have been very crucial to, to them winning um, – or going on to make a grand final, so probably a it's probably a little bit of an underwhelming season, but to still get the third spot, it's not not a bad not a bad effort. Not sure if Tom Wood's going to go around as coach again, so that'll be interesting to see what happens there. I think he's got the decision to make, and whether he wants to go again or or whether the club wants him wants him around. So. Um, but he's done a pretty good job out there the past couple of years. Yeah, he certainly has to keep him in the conversation. Uh, you know, third again, they were third last year as well. So also uh, Shane Schultz as well, whether, um, you know, he, he wants to continue on the on the fight to end this drought, which is, uh, well, unfortunately goes for another year now. Uh, yeah. But uh, all in all, yeah, I, I, would, uh, I would say they're, Season has been hot and cold. Um, they fell to uh, Brownswell, who are the, the real disruptors uh, this season, who upset the apple carts of uh, sides above and below them uh, in uh, Ramco as well. So uh, that was, yeah, uh, probably some games that uh, could have been a turning point on their season um, had they, uh, you know, been able to, uh, well, ice those games. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, yeah. They're, they've got a lot of young kids in there still. So they picked up a few of those Cobby guys as well, like Thomas DeJager, uh, Lee Verrill, who made the team of the year, uh, Kenny Riley, um, Tyson Gray. So a lot of guys that came out to the club and hopefully they can keep hold of them and uh, and just build on that next year. But BSR, back to their best. It's going to be an absolute cracking grand final, which we'll chat about soon, mate. Yeah, that's right. And we, we talked, I uh, just mentioned uh, Wunker's uh, flag drought uh, for BSR. Uh, their only independent flag was in 2012. They had a run there where they, uh, yeah, uh, made a, a few, I think it was three out of, yeah. It's three in three a row. In a row grand 2012 finals, yeah. and lost, lost to us in 2013 and, uh, and beat Merrick in 2014. Yeah, whereas uh, 
you, oh, well, actually, no, we'll leave that. We'll talk about uh, Sedan's run uh, when we get to the preview there, mate. So, very good. Yeah, so there we go. That is our review of the. Well, we, we should just mention Matty Armstrong kicking six goals as well. Yes, it's a actually. big performance from him. It, his, um, certainly his best game of the year. So, what well Matty. Yeah, that's it. Just a handful of games as well, but he's uh, contributed quite well. Uh, six uh, games, yeah. 13 goals. So, might bring that up uh, later when we talk with halves as well. So, uh, before we get to that, though, uh, that is our wrap of the uh, the fight. The, the, Major round just gone in both the independents and the RFL. So still got plenty more to come up. Uh, we're going to talk with Aaron Thompson uh, about the fallout uh, of the uh, the Playergate uh, mini-series there. We're also going to uh, talk with Alan Harvey. All that and more coming up, as well as the RFL roundtable right after this. Hey, Dillo, how can I get the best produce into the Riverland? Well, Lonzi, it's got to be CPM Riverland Refrigerated. They proudly deliver some of South Australia's most iconic brands into the Riverland. And with a convenient depot next door to the Puraka produce markets, they're able to deliver your frozen, refrigerated or dry goods into the Riverland on the same day. Wow, Dillo, that's silver service delivery. Like hitting a full forward on the chest, lace out. Yeah, I've, I've seen you kick a footy, Lindsay. <laughs> you might be right, Dillo. So it's got to be CPM Riverland Refrigerated then. That's right, mate. Call Joel today on 0419 808. 437 for your next delivery. The Kick Ons Podcast with Lions in Dillo, quenching your thirst for the latest in Riverland football. So turn it up. Welcome back to the Kick Ons Podcast. Like we teased just a little bit earlier, we're going to be joined with president from the Wakery Football Club, Aaron Thompson. Now, Aaron's uh, been kind enough to join us after what has been a uh, turbulent week for the club, uh, but their finals campaign is still on track. Now, Aaron is a president. Um, he's uh, for the last two years at the club, but he's also won seven flags as a player. So he's... Uh, one of the rusted-on magpies down there at the Magpies Nest, and he joins us tonight at on the Kick-Ons podcast. Aaron, welcome. Uh, thanks for having me. Well, Aaron, thanks for joining us, mate. And, uh, yeah, like we said, it, it's been a crazy few days for the club. Uh, we want to chat to you about all things Wakery FC, but we'd best kick off with uh, Saturday's incident. Can you clear up the air how things transpired from your end? And um, there have been some incorrect reports out there. Has Oh, there has been. Um, oh, it, it's, yeah, a lot simpler than what was initially reported. Um, basically, from our point of view, we actually, um, during the game, we had an, it was actually an opposition, um, like a, a player from another team in the RFL came up to us and uh, hit us up and said, hey, you do realise that this player, well, Matt O'Loughlin, shouldn't be out in the field. He played, played last week. And we were, we just thought, oh, no, nah, can't be right. <laughs> um, so, and then anyway, we had a look at Play HQ and it was right. And then we were arming and arming and whether to, whether to bother reporting it. Um, and then, yeah, we just figured, yeah, why don't we shoot the RFL a text and just let them know and ask how it happened. And that's, yeah, that's pretty much all that we did. Yep. Obviously, things have sort of just uh, grown legs from there, mate. And some of the social media backlash has been... To be honest, absolutely ridiculous given the club, your club's done absolutely nothing wrong. I, I imagine a lot of that's filtered back to the players and supporters and even sponsors. So, so what's the mood been like at the club this week? And is everyone still, still upbeat and, you know, sort of just taking on that sort of stuff on the chin? Cause it's been, a lot of it's been unwarranted. Yeah. No, I think everyone's taken it all right. Like, you know, 
everyone's used to social media. Um, I actually don't go on social media very much, but um, I was getting plenty of screenshots and um, and people ringing me. Um, yeah, it was it was just unfortunate that it went statewide. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, the, the the club's probably more disappointed the way we were portrayed. Um, yeah, it, it was just wrong. Yeah, um, we don't feel we did anything wrong. We think any any opposition club would have done the same thing. So. Yeah, uh, you mentioned it went nationwide. It actually uh, got a mention on Triple M's Rush Hour, uh, Billy Brownless and uh, and JB. <laughs> but uh, there was no editorial comment. They just, uh, you know, that nothing uh, untoward there. But look, with some of the backlash, we have have heard that with the inquiry that was put in. Now, just a chance, just to clear, like we said, to clear the air. Look, there, there was no way that this was a mute protest at all, was there? Did we protest the game? No. I mean, you could call it. Called a complaint, I suppose, or um, but at no stage did we did we say. I mean, we probably could have went to the RFL and said, "Hey, we reckon they've broken this rule. You need to look at getting rid of the game." But why, why would we do that? Like, yeah, who yeah. wants to who wants to go through to a grand final like that? Yeah, and that's so. exactly exactly <laughs> the point. And I'm, I'm sure the players wouldn't have wanted that either. So, I mean, yeah, once again, just just blown out of proportion there, mate. Yeah, yeah. and uh, look, yeah. So if we just put that aside, and uh, look, it, it's uh, it's far from an ideal build up going into a, uh, a knockout prelim. But how are the lads tracking uh, ahead of the big game against Loxton and uh, likely to be at full strength? Uh, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure we're back to full strength. Um, we weren't. We were pretty much full strength on the weekend. Um, I don't think we had any injuries out of the game. Uh, yeah, I was a chat with Shane Thursday night um, at Players Tea, but I think we're here. Yeah, we'll be we'll be out there trying to try and get through to that grand final the right way. And um, of course, the, the prelim final will, will be played at Wakery, mate, which is an advantage for you guys. You, you seem to have the wood over Loxton at home. How many years has it been since Loxton's won their lines? I reckon you quoted a couple of, yeah, couple of episodes the back. The last time Loxton won down there was round two, 2015. 2015. Yeah. So it's been a happy hunting ground it for has. the Magpies against the Tigers. So how, how are you expecting the game to play out, particularly given you've knocked them off twice down there this year as well? Yeah, but you got to remember they knocked us off um, up at Loxton. Uh, and it was, I think it was pretty convincingly. Um, so I reckon it's going to be a pretty, pretty good game. I wouldn't read too much into that last game of the round. Um, I think they were missing a few. And, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a pretty good game. And just another, uh, well, could be useless or a useful stat that Wakery haven't lost at home uh, since round two this year as well. So... Uh, just oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, just I have been paying attention. Um, and what <laughs> and what about the other grades uh, at, at the club? Uh, the under 18s are straight through to the GF in what's an extremely close competition. Uh, and the 13s play this weekend against Renmark. Uh, how are they traveling, mate? Yeah, the 13s are amazing by um, by Lubber to get them in there. And apparently, I didn't get up to Loxton North, but the kids played unreal. Um, yeah, so they're, I think they're full of confidence that they can get through. Um, I was the, the runner for the 18s on the weekend and they were just, they were amazing. They, the boys played so well. Um, so yeah, they get a well-deserved week off and I reckon they're, yeah, they're strong going into the grand final. If they win that under-18s competition, they've thoroughly earned it. It's bloody close this year between those top four, even five clubs, really. So, um, yeah, they, they will have done well. And that under-13 side, we'd love it there. Um, we should probably just touch on that as well. They've got about eight or nine girls playing. Is, is that right, Tomo? Uh, it's, there's a, yep, there's up there. I don't think it's eight or nine. It's, there's quite a few girls in there. Um, yeah. 
I mean, we, yeah, we've been struggling junior-wise. Um, so if it wasn't for having the girls play in the under-13s and under-15s, it would be, we'd be struggling for numbers. So, yeah, yeah they, they do an amazing effort. No, that's excellent. And hosting a day like this, mate, can be quite hectic, especially if you know you've got all six clubs coming down, mate. And I imagine as president, you just can't wait for the day to be over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I've learned to hate home games as president. <laughs> There's a lot to be done. Yeah. Um, but I will uh, just back on the on the 18s, um, Hoysler and Sean Meredith, they've, they've done a pretty amazing job considering how we've gone with numbers this year. I mean, they've had to play 16 aside um, multiple times. Um, they've had players play 18s, then A grade on lots of weeks. I think, um, yeah, Lockie Nitsch has done it most of the year. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, the fact that 18s have gotten to the grand final in such a close year with such other strong under 18s is. It's a fair, fair effort one. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, let's touch on um, some exciting news uh, around the club. Uh, with the new club rooms getting built soon, uh, can you give us a bit of an idea of the timeline uh, when they'll be built and what improvements are we going to see? All ah, right. Uh, so at the moment, we um, have our development application in. So we're still trying to get planning approval. Um, and after planning approval, we get your building rules and things. Um, we finished public consultation for that. I think it was last Friday. Uh, we only had one one little issue come up that, we're, that we can sort out. Um, and other than that, we're just waiting on some because we're on a floodplain. Um, it has to go through the Department of Environment and Water, um, get a ministerial tick off. Uh, Would have had to do that even if we went on top of our old um, Jack Clubrooms. Um, but yeah, the aim is we got the grand final next year, so we want to be in it before the grand final. Beautiful, mate. That'll be good timing. Uh, and obviously the Willis Medal on this Monday night, mate, at the uh, the Barmer Club. Any of the Wakery boys a chance? And, and who do you think is going to uh, t- take home the medal? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not Put sure. the pressure on you. Um, <laughs> please, oh, Matt has had a great year, Spencer. And mm. um, I even think, uh, I don't know how many votes he will or how the umpires take much attention, but I reckon Jack Bergie's had a pretty amazing year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I can't tell you who could win it out of any other any other teams. To be honest, sorry. No, that's fair enough, mate. You've probably got uh, bigger things to do on uh, game day, mate. With being being the president, and everything probably don't get to pay as much uh, attention to the A grade as you probably have in previous years. I'm sure. No, unfortunately, I don't. No. <laughs> yeah, right. and uh, just one last one to finish off, mate. Um, I'll I'll be there yeah. on uh, Saturday. Always look forward to having a uh, a bevy responsibly at the. Uh, Mark Rusciuto Brownlow Bar now, mate. It's one of my favourite things about Riverland football. Can you give me the scoop? Will the new bar still be called the Mark Rusciuto Brownlow Bar? Oh, yeah. We haven't even thought about that. Um, We'll have to ask Mark. Okay. Uh, I was going to say, he'd probably be pretty dirty if he lost that. (laughs) He could be. be. Yes, yes. Um, Oh, maybe he can throw some money into it and we'll... uh, He'll get the build up, and he can have the bar named after him. <laughs> Absolutely. There we go. I, I reckon he'd be keen to, you know, even come and do some sort of uh, ceremony, you know, taking the old plaque and putting it on the new bar or something like that. That would that would be great. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good idea. There we yeah, go. No. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure something will carry his name down there. Oh, excellent. So, yeah. Fantastic, mate. Well, Tomo, thanks for joining us, and uh, we wish uh, the club all the best across all the grades uh, this weekend. Yeah, no worries. Uh, thanks for having me. So that was Wakery President Aaron Thompson there joining us for a very frank discussion about the events of the week.
Now, let's all put it on the table. And on the Kick-Ons podcast, there is only one table. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing? Unique individuals with unique views on the game. We're going to exchange ideas, thoughts, and even our energy. Liam Jackson. I think this is an absolute drive-by. <laughs> Tom Jolly. But I was giving Jacko shit when I was uh, the water runner at times, so it's probably something I deserve. Hold on to your hats. It's the RFL Roundtable. Now, let's get in and digest because there's been plenty of opinions uh, getting around the circles and I'm sure these boys would love to have their say on it as well. So, let's roll out the big guns. Uh, Well, one of them's big. We'll go with Jolly. Jacko's more of a pistol. Cheers, Lime. Yeah. (laughs) All right, I'm off, boys. See you later. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're back for another week uh, on the RFL Roundtable, boys. So, um, oh, look... Been much happening around the Riverland footy scene at all this week? More than more than any other week, I reckon, which is uh, pretty big news. Um, but even the murmurs started around on Saturday during the A grade game. Like you could hear, um, you know, that side of the that side of the oval, they were talking about it and thinking about it, and kind of seemed by the time you walked to the canteen to get another froppy, it was uh, everyone was on the same page and wondering what's going to happen after the game. I think, and I think that's where, <clears throat> for people having a crack at Wakery Footy Club, it was going to get back to the RFL regardless. And the, and they've just mentioned it. They haven't lodged an official protest or anything like that. That information was going to the RFL no matter what. So, um, and they were always going to deal with it. Yeah, I think I think the people having a crack at Wakery were probably going off of what was written on social media. That um, yeah, probably wasn't. Wasn't as well written as it could have been, but um, yeah, yeah, made yeah, for an interesting, made for an interesting yeah twenty four forty eight hours on social media. Those some of the comments on there, <laughs> oh, uh, going off. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I, I I've dubbed it the Player Gate mini series because it just happened in that very short window of time there. And uh, like we said, plenty of opinions out there get, getting around, but. Uh, yeah. Look, uh, do you guys think, uh, you know, a oversight like this uh, was brought about by maybe applying the older rule to a new format of the finals, perhaps, the split weeks? I think you just – there's just so much confusion. Like, even um, me personally as an under-18s coach, like, we had Rory Maroney, um, who was our person that you know, was going to have to miss out playing under-18s football, um, and he was going to have to play – just predominantly A-grade footy in the finals and then all of a sudden, I think it was like Thursday night, maybe Wednesday night, there was a late email that came out and said, under-18s are allowed to play with both games. It was like, oh, okay, cool. That means I don't have to have this discussion with the with the under-18s kid and, and then the family. And we, um, you know, he was able to play both games in, in the first round. But I think the confusion is, is that when you start across weeks and then saying it's the same round, Straight away, things happen during the week, and when we've got a time like COVID and injuries and those kind of things, anything can happen. It just makes it makes it hard to understand the the, the rules. And yeah, ab- absolutely. And um, and I, d- I don't like to call someone a B grader because I don't think people are either a B grader or an A grader. They're just footballers. But um, like bringing a, for lack of a better term, bringing a B grader up to fill in because a A grader has hurt himself. It's not like they were, 
stacking a side or anything. It's like it's wasn't, um, wasn't the other way around an A grader into yeah, the B grade side, for example. Yeah, yeah, like it's um, yeah, I don't, yeah, like Wakery weren't in the wrong. Like Remark obviously didn't get it right, but it's yeah, it's not like they would. I don't, I don't think they were trying to cheat the system, or that might just be. I might be biased. I, I I'm not sure. Um, well, that's what we yeah. said at the top of the the show was. Nobody's trying to do trying to do the wrong thing here. I think everyone's. It's just one of these things that's just sort of exploded, and um, I'm sure if everyone could have their time again, they would. But it takes me back to the. I don't know if you remember Jack. I don't know if you were around then, Jolly. But 2013, we had the had some controversy around the finals too. We had two draws across the semi final weekend, and um, obviously they both went to overtime. There was some confusion over the overtime rules. Do you, do you remember that at all, LJ? Uh, 2013, I would have been just turning 18, so, no, so you, couldn't, you, you probably yeah. would have been blind that day. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but pretty so much. Was I. <laughs> um, yeah, there was a there was a fair bit of uh, yeah, fair bit of confusion around that, and and that's the thing with with all footy leagues and um and all sporting competitions. You know, you got these bylaws, and and things can be very confusing, and whether um whether clubs read them properly or not, who knows? But there, there's a lot of intricacies, especially around around finals. And I guess the good thing is now is they can go in and clear that up, and hopefully we won't see anything happen like this again. Even like <clears throat> even the under 15s on the weekend, they had a uh, tied game, had to go into extra time, and they weren't sure of the score because the scoreboard was wrong and all this kind of stuff. And Renmark's kind of celebrated because on the scoreboard it said that they were up by a point, and they've kind of run on. The rule is that in a tied game, you can't have anyone on the field. Coaches aren't allowed to address the team. It's a two-minute turnaround, five minutes each side. Most people in the crowd yelling that they need to do a head count because there's extra people on the field. And that's like, come on, guys. Like, common sense has to prevail here. Yeah. Obviously, the scoreboard shows that they're up by a point. People, they're running on celebrating, not actually realising that it's a tied game. Just call them back, tell them, tell them to come back and let's get this game going again. Like, yeah. I think some people just win as a be a Wendell and it's actually not, shouldn't be the case, especially in junior footy. Yes, it's a little bit different in A-grade footy, but a perfect example would be, you know, Derry A-grade last week, we played Wes Frankel, sorry, two weeks ago. If we played Wes Frankel against Loxton in the B grade, he's gone from A grade to B grade. That's completely different to someone like uh, Matty O going from B grade to A grade. Like, it's a different set there that I think shouldn't be the case. Whether I like the rule or not, what's happened, we can't do anything about it. Mm. And the, the penalty has been hand, <clears throat> handed down. Uh, or you could almost say it's a landmark in terms of the $5,000, the points uh, for both players and premiership points. Uh, what, what do you guys make of uh, yeah of, of it being applied in this instance? Oh, it's pretty brutal. It's uh, Yeah, they've, they've had a fair old crack. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm not sure whether they've possibly looked at how many points Remark have used in the last couple of years because um, – they wouldn't have used a whole lot. They wouldn't probably wouldn't have used more than six. Most. Oh, I think they. I think they used ten this year. I reckon. So, ten this year. Yeah. I yeah. So. I think that's what I've been, I was told the other day. I could be wrong, but yeah, yeah. I would have thought they'd only have two that are points, but but they'll be, oh, they'll could, be back. I to, could be wrong. They'll be back to nine next year, though. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So. Um. Yeah, I think it's a fair whack. I think if you gave uh, Redmark the chance of. 
expecting what they would want, I'd almost think that they would have chosen to lose this week. <clears throat> Sorry, last week, play this week instead of taking what's a pretty big whack for 2023. So, um, but yeah, we don't really get a say in that. So, yeah, yeah that's it. just having a look. What, Jacko? You, you might be right, mate. I'm just having a look. So, Dan Wilford three and and Tommy Charlton two on the uh, play HQ there. So that they might be the only two. So yeah, so. Um, yeah, so whether they've look, looked at that and sort of gone, we'll, we'll make it look worse than it possibly might be because like play, those player points, that could that'd really hurt all most other clubs probably. Um, then I, I don't know what Remark's doing next year with player movements and stuff. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, yeah, it's a pretty solid whack. Oh, it would be interesting to see what happens from here, I guess. Yeah, it, like like you said, Jacko, it is a, a it's a huge whack, but in some way, um, it's been applied with uh, a, a you know a, a little bit of sentiment there. In that, I think it, I draw the parallel to um, a few years back in the Barossa where Williston had the issue with the player payments and uh, their fines and their points were carried on for next year, so that. It's not punishing the actual players. So the uh, the Renmark players in this case can finish their season, finish their finals, um, and then the club has to pay the price uh, down the road just because at the end of the day, it's nothing to do with uh, any decisions the players have made on the field or anything like that. So I think in some case it's probably been applied rightly that, um, yeah, it, you know, the, the boys that have worked so hard uh, to be on the cusp of being on a three-peat should be able to, uh, you know, work for that achievement. Oh, is that crickets I hear on that point? Yeah, no. <laughs> <coughs> that was a bit of a delay there. People have been yeah. listening, listening in their car going, is my, my, my radio still working? What's going on here? Probably more like, what yeah, is Lionsy talking about? <laughs> Uh, this is the polished stuff that you can you can you can expect from us, <laughs> mate. We, we we were starting to count the count the butterflies in the, in the air and stuff like that. <laughs> Speaking of player movements, before Jacko, the you, you boys heard of any? I know there's a few coaching rumours getting around. Have you guys heard any of those or player player rumours? I can start some, but they're not they're not true. I don't find, I don't have any truth to them. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm hoping that Barry keeps uh, someone like a Matt Hodge and a Corbett. The last time I spoke to both is that they're pretty keen to come back, which is awesome. Um, hopefully, we're trying to keep Lukey Teasdale, but Lukey Teasdale's currently not too sure about what he wants to do, if he wants to hang up the boots or if he uh, wants to um, just kind of you know, come back to Riverland and play footy. He's, he's a pretty easy guy, so... We probably won't know that till you know November-ish, I would imagine. What about you, Jacko? You're a wealth of knowledge. No, uh, I thought there was. I actually thought there might have been a stitch up coming there. So, um, <laughs> no, not on this, not on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I'm, but, I'm just a walk and drive by usually on this podcast. So, but uh, Jacko, actually, no, no, we, you have been our intrepid reporter this week, and you can uh, you broke some news to us that we didn't know about. Um, that is kind of like uh, bridging the world of football and uh, well, urban construction. There, mate, um, just uh, fill us in a little bit about uh, that bit of news you came across. Oh, uh, Andrew Walsh, former ex Essendon player, um, looking to spend four hundred million and um, do a bit of build a few houses and or 
I don't know. I had to pay had to pay to read the article, so I didn't actually read the article. <laughs> so um, uh, down at Jane Eliza. So apparently the council just want to put some grass there. But um, yeah, that's uh, nice for someone to spend that sort of money. Um, yeah, down this way. So the Essendon Football Club are bringing their problems to the Riverland. Is that what we're hearing? Pretty well. Yeah. I think. Well. Jen, Jen and I saw that. We were literally talking about selling our house the other day, so we, well, shit, we might move down there. Hopefully, Welsh's mop does a good job. That's the name. Oh, the- All right, then, Jago. What's going on, on there? Right. Yes, uh, just a bit of mood. mood. Just a bit of mood. <laughs> <laughs> anyone uh, listening play the- as well, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, for anyone listening at home uh, or in their car, we need Jacko to take a photo of himself right now because he currently looks like the Lorax with a big moustache on him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's in his car just after a cricket meeting as well. So um, he's just he's just been able to fit us into his to his really really busy schedule that he has. Oh, Lorax! Uh, Jack- during, during the cricket meeting, they'll, they'll be pretty dirty that I'm out here. To be fair. Uh, priorities, so it's good. It's good. You, you know, given the pod priority, I like it. I mean, how do you explain <laughs> that one to? I've just got to duck out to the car boys and do a podcast. Like, how does that not look sus? No, like I said I, d- I just got up, and one of them's like, "What are you? You heading off to do a podcast? Are you?" I'm like, "Yeah, you got me." <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, we love so, yeah. the energy you bring to the show, mate, and uh, we also love. Uh, the RFL Battler of the Week, uh, which is a badge of honour bestowed by you two great men uh, for what is fast becoming the Riverland's most coveted award, the Jolly Jackson Medal for Battler of the Week. And it's all because of this man. When they say the word David, David Mundy, they want to associate with that. Uh, well, hopefully just the humble battler. He's had a pretty quiet week, so I'm going to go with Matty O. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how, anyone, uh, how is anyone, the fellow going? <laughs> oh, mate, he, he's the, he is the best human that's ever, that's ever lived. Every time you see him, he'll bounce up to you on the balls of his feet. He'll shake your arm off, give you a handshake. He, yeah, he's a he's a great human. Um, yeah, just a just a ball of energy. Um, a great a great person to bring into a into a footy side. So, yeah, I definitely don't blame Bates for trying to get him in. Um, but uh, yeah, he's play- I think he's played about yeah nine games of B grade this year and sort of been up up and down a little bit. Um, I think he's kicked about twenty goals in the A grade as well. So he's um, when he's there, he's he's playing some good footy. So he's he's it was probably unlucky to be out at all, really. But um, yeah, he's he's my nomination. I love that one, that. Jacko. I love it <coughs> because all week with all the reporting. He's just been a player, you know, with all the anonymity in the press and all that stuff. But I just love that you've been able to humanise the bloke. and You vouched him as well, though. And vouch for him. I jolly did earlier. <laughs> yeah, you true, that's true. Yeah. But, <laughs> he threw him right under the bus. Yeah, but I, I actually like that, mate, because I've spoken to Vates as well about Matteo and uh, the enthusiasm that he has brought to the squad and just having that opportunity to step up and play some A-grade football this year. He's put his best foot forward and uh, unfortunately got caught in some crossfire. Oh, don't worry about that. He's he's uh, Now he's in the running for the uh, the best medal in the comp. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, that's wins it. and losses, that's snakes it. and ladders. That's it, mate. Always <laughs> a silver lining. And, uh, yeah, uh, Tom, uh, who's your nomination this week? Probably uh, this person plays on the wing. Uh, he runs all day. I've seen him firsthand, um, and what he can actually give Loxon's <clears throat> attack going forward, and that's Hilly. Hilly uh, on the wing for them. 
get really, really dangerous, and he works his butt off to uh, defensively run and, and support as well. So um, he was actually a really big part of uh, Loxton's start in the first quarter and second quarter against us. And I'll tell you what, big game this week, and if he plays like he did at the start, along with Jesse Will as well, um, those two guys can go ahead to leading Loxton the right way. That's a good one, mate, and a uh, guest we've actually had on the Kick-Ons podcast as well. So, uh, yeah. Spoke really well, didn't he, he when he came he on? He did very well. Great, um, great story as well, spending <coughs> it was a, a plus 10 years away from the game and he was slotted yeah. back into yeah. A-grade football and on on the verge of uh, maybe uh, getting into a uh, A-grade grand final. So, welcome back to footy, Brody Hill. Blake's my age, so yeah. you know, he's pushing 40 and he's out there running around. Ooh, There's a few, you uh, reckon you're pushing 40, uh, mate? Yeah, you're that young. Thanks, please. Yeah, I've got a bit of uh, silver on the sides here now, but I reckon there's a few uh, blokes that age that are running around in the uh, in the twos as well that should be should be still out there playing in you know, in the senior footy, especially at Loxton North and Loxton Way. So it's good yeah. to see Brody out there getting a kick and, and going well. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And it sounds a good place uh, to park the RFL roundtable for this week. So, boys, uh, thanks again uh, for, for joining us. And uh, like I said last week, you got your work cut out because uh, we've got one more week to go and then uh, we want to hear who your RFL Battler of the Year is in grand final week. Oh, before before we go, oh. uh, quick, quick Willis medal prediction, boys. Oh... Uh, what are your what are your chances, Jolly? <laughs> I should I should should poll well early and then I would die off. Uh, see in the after round six. <laughs> what, if I don't poll early, I'm done. <laughs> That's all right. I didn't I didn't get a vote when I kicked eleven that day, so it's it's rigged. It's a joke. <laughs> well, we can just go by that. Right. Um, no nah, winner. Uh, I reckon Gooch. I reckon Will Gooch will uh, win it from Loxton. I think Hodgie will poll best for Berry, but being a first-year player, you don't always get the recognition straight away, and that can sometimes hinder your chances. But also, I don't know if he's got the love from the umpires either. So, uh, Will Gooch would be my choice. LJ, quickly. Uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's that's a pretty good one. Um, uh, I don't think it's going to be someone from Remark. I reckon they're going to too many blokes stealing votes. Um, oh, yeah, it's a, and you, yeah, you're right. You never win them in your first year. So, yeah, Will Gooch is prob- probably a good one. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with Gooch as well. Jump on the wagon. Yeah. That's it, on the Gooch wagon. All right, guys, thanks for that. And uh, we'll see uh, where those predictions lie next week. Right. Cheers, mate. See you, boys. So that's the RFL roundtable done and dusted for another week. Now, we've got to scoot along to our coach spotlight, all thanks to CPM Riverland Refrigerated because our man is waiting. He's coming in live from BSR's training, their final one before the grand final. I'm talking about BSR's Alan Harvey. Harves, welcome back to the Kick-Ons podcast. Cheers, Lindsay. Thanks for having me, boys. No. Really good to see you. Yeah, yeah. Good to you see too, you too, mate. Uh, so, yeah, last training session uh, before the big one, mate. So, uh, mouth guards in tonight for the boys? Yeah, no, it was a bit more of a relaxed one tonight. Probably just get back to that structure sort of training and re- remining the mindsets where they have to be, I guess. You know, after a couple of weeks' episode, it was probably that's all that really needed to be changed. So, 
So the uh, yeah, the GFs are finally here now. We've known for some time that the Redbacks probably would be likely to play in there, but we didn't want to get ahead of ourselves. But now it's finally here. Um, how's the reality hit you this week? Yes, hit us really, really well. Actually, you know, a lot of our boys have never been in a grand final, never alone a final series. So yeah. Definitely the boys are definitely up and about, 20 blokes on the track tonight. So, yeah, realistically only three that won't play on Saturday that weren't here. So, massive turnout. And, yeah, the club's absolutely up and about. We even got supporters watching us train tonight. So, yeah, really, really good as a community. Beautiful. Come out of the woodwork, mate. And did you feel that extra pressure heading into the second semi-final being undefeated? And, and now that that's, that loss has come, is that pressure off now? Oh, for me personally, yeah, personally, I, I definitely felt it a bit. I don't think the lads actually did. It was, yeah, as I said, it was probably a good loss we needed to have, probably at the right time of the year, I think. You know, it was probably the last month of our footy. We were just scraping over the line anyway and sort of just getting into that mode where we're waiting for someone else to do it and probably just going through the motions a little bit. So for me personally, I thought it was a really good wake-up call and, yeah, I think they might have actually woke the sleeping giants. So yeah. That's the analogy we've been using too, mate. And uh, from what we've heard, uh, Saturday's win over Wanka was one of the best, if not the best performance of the season. Would you agree with that? Yeah, Lindsay, 100% agree with that. That was our best game by a mile, you know. Didn't have one passenger for the day, won every position over the field, you know. And and probably just got back to that mindset of, you know, 50-50 footy, man on man, we, we... back ourselves in to beat our direct opponents and yeah that was definitely the difference you know and as I said probably a a massive relief for me but probably a little bit of an expectation for the lads you know they've worked hard all year went away from what had been working for us and as I'd said you know to Benny Lennon through the paper I'll probably take a little bit of responsibility from that as well you know we made a few positional changes and you know things that probably didn't need to necessarily happen and yeah probably the result probably cost us there as well so and you've just come off the training track for the last time this year, mate, and, and had the coach's toughest uh, job team selection on, on grand final week. Uh, so are there any hard luck stories of blokes being injured or drop, or is there guys coming back in that's you know, good news stories? Yeah, pretty much for us, we've pretty much we'll probably go in on changes. Yeah, lucky enough, we've probably got everyone back from injury at the right time. We had four or five missing, you know, them last two games and a couple of blokes that probably come underdone into that first final. So, you know, I'm always a big believer of I don't like the week off anyway. You know, I think the more finals footy you can play, the more conditions you get. So, yeah, there will there's definitely two or three unlucky stories, you know, and probably blokes that probably haven't quite done enough on the track and probably just missed a couple of games. That's cost them as well. But in every grand final side, yeah, we've definitely got three that will definitely be cuddling this week, that's for sure. You're listening to the Coach Spotlight brought to you by CPM Riverland Refrigerated. Fresh, frozen and dry food transport from Adelaide into the Riverland. We're talking with BSR coach Alan Harvey. Uh, now, have six blokes in the Marks Up team of the year. Uh, Jake Medhurst, James Mattstone, Cam Horseman, Matt Clark, Dalton Gribble and Jed Martinson. And yourself as the coach, we should add. Uh, you must be pretty proud of those lads, what they've done this year. Yeah, I'm absolutely stoked, mate, you know, and a good reward for them individually, you know. Them blokes have, have definitely deserved to be in there, you know. They've pretty much dominated their positions all year, you know. Medhurst coming out of the leading goal kick is a good recognition for him as well, you know. So, yeah, for me, really good individually, but I'll tell you right now, including myself, you know, you ask the seven of us, we'll swap 
every one of them awards for the medal this week, I tell you right now. For sure, mate. And now you've had a good look at Sudan Cambrai probably at their best in that second semi. You, you beat them the three previous times. Well, what do you need to do to reverse the second semi-final result? And, and can you stop a guy like Cam Thompson from uh, continuing his blistering form this year? Yeah, see, as I said, a, a little bit for us was probably we were probably a little bit too worried about the opposition. You know, once again, okay. probably something we haven't done all year. We've pretty much backed ourselves in and then sort of coached and matched them up on game day. You know, Cam Thompson's an absolute freak. You know, there's no doubt about that. But luckily for for us, he hasn't actually done too much against us all year. We've got a fellow on the likes of Kieran Oates that we call the human glove that we pretty <laughs> much throw to him every time. And I tell you right now, you know, if there's one bloke I would have hated to play on in my payday, it's definitely Kieran Oates. So, yeah, Cam will know it's coming, you know. But, yeah... We'll back ourselves in. We'll go back to our structures and our setup, and yeah, let's hope Sedan will be chasing us all day. Now, Harbs, you're joining us live from training there, mate. Are any of the boys still hanging around? Uh, do you want to take us for a bit yeah. of a trip? Let's go for some roaming BT action, maybe. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> They're all here. We'll, we'll start off with the man himself, Kieran Oates. G'day, Kieran. Boys, how are we? Good, Kieran. Mate. Good, mate. How are we? You're joining us. Yo, Briz. Darcy Wilmot, you beauty. <laughs> Dillo, it's your yeah, people. <laughs> That's it, mate. We've got all the boys over here just enjoying their dinner for the night. Oh, Zad's would be tucking into a few burgers, wouldn't he? A couple yeah, of pots. All the supporters down here. The big war horse, Matty A, just walking through. Six goals on the weekend. Yeah, definitely wound back the clock, you know. He's one of the better players I've ever played with in my life. And, yeah, it was just good reward for him, you know. He broke his ankle early on in the preseason and, yeah, pretty much has been struggling for the year. But lucky enough, probably the last five weeks, he's really found his feet. So, yeah, and as I said, a good reward for him for persistence on the weekend and obviously gives us another weapon up forward now. Mm. And your man Cam Horseman, is he still around the place there at training? Can we chat with him? Yeah, he's still around. I think he's still in the shower, actually. He's normally oh. one of the later ones. Let, so. Take us in. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I've been there. Sorry, I'm just heading to my car for a sec. No, that's all good, mate. It's all black out. I like that. Lines you for the roaming, uh, roaming Brian action. That's it. Roaming Harps. All around Swan Ridge Oval. This is great. This is fantastic. Something new here on the Kick-Ons podcast. Might be the format for next year. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just that the lads are definitely up and about, you know. Old Kieran Oates, he, I think he lives at Victor Harbour or something, so it's a little bit hard for him to get the training at that time. So. Yep. Yeah, it's just good, good to see him up here when it counts. Yeah, yeah. If you might as well stay up now and uh, just spend a couple of nights up in the Riverland before he heads back. Oh, that'll be my plan. I'll be up here for a week if we get the chocolates. So. That's it. <laughs> so have we found Cam yet? Can we chuck him on for a, for a quick word? Uh, I'll find him now. Where's Cam? Uh, yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd probably get more value out of his dad, actually. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll call people an absolute legend around here, one of the funniest blokes you'll ever see. So it's funny. I, I was in uh, I was in Swan Ridge yesterday, and I drove past the Horseman Road. I'm presuming it's uh, it's named after those guys. Is that their family? Or I think so. There you go. Royalty. It's like that all up here. Oh, no, my phone might be flat at the minute. But we're all right. <laughs> That's all right. Where is he? Where's Cat? Oh, we might have lost him there. That could be it, I reckon, Lonzi. Is he gone? Oh, I reckon he's lost the video. Oh, no. Oh, and I think we just, just lost him there, our our link down to uh, Swan Ridge <laughs> Oval, just before we got to our uh, interview with uh, 
with Cam Horseman there, mate. Yeah, the, the phone's going flat on, on old halves and, yeah, that's a bit of a shame. Something a little bit different there for the Kickcons listeners. There we go. And uh, I think that could be – we might have to bring that back next year, mate. That's it. Yeah, yeah. We'll just pass the uh, pass the uh, Zoom call around the club. That was great. Get to see uh, the boys uh, enjoying their preparations uh, for the, the big weekend ahead and, you know, a bit of team building, having the uh, – the Thursday night dinner there, so uh, great stuff. Or Wednesday night dinner, I should yeah, say. Yeah, they're, they're they're up and about, and, and so they should be. It's a grand final, obviously, and you know they are. The it's the best week of training that you have. You know, obviously, I think they only do the one night up there, but you know, we used to have the obviously do two, and you know, you, you don't you, you don't want to get injured. I guess that's the number one thing is you you want to get through uninjured but you can't help yourself sometimes there's just a bit of a different feel in the air the weather changes so it's a little bit warmer that little bit breezy and and you know you get out there and it's just it is the best week of football training you ever have the week before grand final so good luck to those boys and good luck to the city and Cambrai fellas too because it's going to be a cracker yeah well let's uh let's keep that momentum up and let's get into our preview of the independent grand final being held at ramco oval this saturday mate so uh, yeah, like I touched on at the top of the show, um, Sedan, they are the September specialists. This is their fourth straight grand final appearance uh, since 2018, and uh, they've always been there about. Their losses have been tight, but their wins have been crushing. So they're well drilled at the business of grand finals. And I reckon even a couple of years before that, they might have finished third and only just missed out on, on grand final spots too. They they lost by two points to Pringer in 2018, got their revenge in 19, uh, 21. Obviously, they they lost the um, the game to Ramco when they they went in as favourite. But you know they they just they're a, a fantastic football club. They get great teams out there every year. They've got a lot of experienced guys out there that have played a lot of football together. Some of them you know uh, are getting on in, in age, but you know they don't show it out in the footy field. They um they just come together really well, and they they just they it's, it's like the old. Um, the Hawthorne team at the back end, you know, 2014, 2015. Again, they're a little bit older, long in the tooth, but they just know how each other plays so well. So, um, yeah, they're, they're going to be hard to stop, but they're coming up against a pretty big juggernaut in, in the Redbacks, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. You know, it almost kind of feels like that maybe it could be a bit of a changing of the guard in terms of uh, the dominance there, and uh, it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, fortunately, we did, we lost halves there a bit earlier. I wanted to ask him uh what his thoughts were on coming up against his old side in his first year coaching against them as well. So mm. there's going to be – there's a bit of history between these two teams. So, you know, it's gonna, I'm sure that will, uh, you know, boil out onto the field as well. So it'd be interesting to see. But, look, you've probably seen a bit more of these teams than what I have this year. Where do you think this one gets won or lost? Oh, I think it's the forward line for BSR. Um if if Medhurst can get up and going, if Matty Clark can roll through there as well as the midfield and kick a few goals, um, like you mentioned, Matty Armstrong's bobbed up and kicked six, and he, he's a really experienced player too. Up the other end, yeah, it's Canberra have got a very good forward line as well. Let's not forget about Jack Grace, who's had a fantastic year, the big fella up at full forward for the Magpies. Um, I just feel like the BSR forward line is just that little bit more dynamic though, and if they can get on top. Um, 
then I think that'll go a long way to winning. Having said that, Sedan Cabaret defensively, probably the best defensive side in, in the competition over the past five years as well. So um, they've got some really good players rolling through there. But um, yeah, it's exciting, mate. And see how Cam Thompson plays. There's always the, the extra hype after you win a medal too, yep, you know, yep. to, to come out and see how he goes in the grand final with the, not just the pressure from a Kieran Oates player next year, but yeah, the sideline as well. He's going to be that little bit more well-known. He's going to have supporters there from all, all clubs there on the day and, and just sort of under the microscope a little bit more. So, um, we wish him well and we wish the Magpies and, and, uh, Redbacks well too. It's, um, get down to Ramco if you can, Lonzi. I reckon it's, I reckon it's going to be a cracker. Yeah. Yeah. And well, it's going to be huge weekend football down that end of the river because you've got the uh, Indy Grand Final at Ramco and just up the mm. road, we're going to have the prelim finals. So, you know, if, uh, you, you know, you want to see both or, you know, watch juniors, watch a, a, a senior grand final later in the day. Well, it's a smorgasbord of footy down there. Absolutely. Five minutes down the road between the two. And I think that's probably the go, isn't it? Uh, with some juniors at the the Riverland, maybe go across the Independence and maybe shoot back to, to watch the end of the RFLA grade or, or vice versa. So massive weekend for Riverland West footy. That's it. And if you like, you can even go by boat. So why not? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Just... Just roll into the Wakery Oval and on the uh, in the tinny. We'll get a get the old paddle steamer out, mate, and just charge down the, the mighty River Murray. Absolutely, that's it. That's what makes Riverland football unique, and that's why we love it, mate. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of um, yeah, why we love it, we got prelim final. Now, there's just something different about prelim finals. It's that extra layer of do or die attached to this. And uh, let's uh, let's actually um, just do a bit of a preview of the draw of the junior grades. Uh, so we've got the under-13s, Wakery versus Renmark, first up to start the day. Yeah, so it's um, Renmark obviously lost the the second semi to Barmer. Barmer went through undefeated, so um, it was always going to be a big ask to, to knock off the ruse of who had the massive percentage of 1,567, mind you. So, you know, they're, uh, they'll be heavy favourites no matter who goes through. But um, Remark, I think they've won the last two or three under 13 flags, Lindsay. So, um, you know, they're going really well. They've had a change of coach, though. So Brandon Willis, who's coached them for the past uh, season and a half, has, he's moved away to Tasmania for work. And, um, and a bloke by the name of Pitto is a mate of mine. He's, uh, he's taken on, on the job. He was his off Offsider, so he's done a really good job. Wakery in under thirteens, as um, as Tomo mentioned, mate, they've they've got uh, done a really good job to get to where they are. They've got those um, uh, seven or eight females, or however many it is, playing in their side as well, which is which is great to see, and and still being really really competitive. And they'll give themselves every chance of knocking off Remark, I reckon, mate. They could do. And is there any coincidence in uh, Brand- Brandon Slippery Willis, Renmark North's uh, B grade captain? heading down to Tasmania and Billy Stanlake heading to the Hurricanes. Any coincidence <laughs> in that at all? Well, you reckon they're, uh, they're one and the same, mate? They, they might be a, a pair signing for the Canes maybe. Who knows? Oh, who knows? <laughs> I think I'd rather Willis, to be honest, than Billy Stanlake, but <laughs> <Yeah>. anyway. <laughs> I'm sure Slippery would love to hear that, mate. So, uh, good l- <laughs> so uh, let's get across to the under-15s. Uh, Loxton versus Berry. Uh, yeah, massive game. Loxton, um, you know, probably, uh, you know, well, they just snuck into finals. So they've done a, done a really good job there. And Barry were the team that uh, were 
looking like they're going to go go all the way. And now they're playing in the prelim final. Probably not the prelim matchup we expected, but um, yeah, obviously last week the the overtime game with Remark getting over the line against uh, against Berry, what was an absolute thriller. Uh, Jolly spoke about so Berry having to do it the hard way. But you think that the way Berry's played this year, that they should um, come home with the uh, with the win. They've got some some really good quality players. That junior program's uh, been good for a long time, and obviously including. Best and Ferris uh, league, Best and Ferris winner Liam Watson too. So um, another guy who played really well last weekend, uh, Yanni. Now I'm going to get his spelling of his uh, pronunciation of his name wrong here. I'm going to go Exarius. <laughs> I'm hoping that's close to it. He polled really well too. So they've got some um, some good players there, Barry and and Loxton. Like I said, snuck in, mate. And uh, once you're there, though, you know you, you give yourself every chance after beating Barmer the week before and. Um, you know, they'll be relying on on uh, guys like uh, Caden Evans, who has uh, a fantastic season. Um, I think that's the son of Dan Daniel Evans, who's a Willis medalist himself. So um, we wish those boys all the best too. And in the under 18s we've got Loxton North and Berry. Uh, our man Tom Jolly, uh, the under 18s Berry coach. Mm. Uh, yeah, getting the boys through to the prelim after they ended. Barmer Monash's dream run of that uh, eight was it eight wins uh, to make it into the finals. So, unfortunately, they put a full stop on that for the Roos. But the good news is for Berry, they got a shot at a uh, defending uh, their under eighteen crown after last year against North. Yeah, Mick Scorda did a great job to get the Roos to where they were coming back from twenty twenty off and uh, and to storm home like they did. It was a credit to them. But Berry, way too good in that. Uh, First semi-final, and they'll come up against uh, Loxton Northside, who uh, finished top. And but once again, another team that has to do it the hard way. But that competition is so close, mate. I haven't seen an under-18 comp this tight since oh, it's, it's been a long time, maybe five or six years. Um, which is great to see. It shows that you know we've got some real strength in the under-18s. Uh, it's hard to. Pick one on this one, mate, because you know there's only one win separating throughout the year. So hopefully we get a nice close game, and the under under 18s final is always great to watch too. They are really good quality. Yeah, that's it. You know, just that young bravado out there wanting to prove a point. You know, all it's uh, that's what we love about the under 18s, and what I like about this one as well is uh, locks the north as well up the point end because this means good things for development in terms of the club as well. So. Those under 18s mm-hmm. are about. That's good news uh, because, well, also next year when we move to 17s, that might free up some of these boys who have excelled this year um, to, you know, bolster those ranks in the A grade, which have some uh, some much needed uh, attention there uh, just off the back of the last two seasons. So uh, good yeah, news no. for North. Yeah. No, no matter what the result is. is, I believe. <laughs> yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. Um, it's always good when you when you're successful in that under eighteen competition because you know you've got some uh, the cavalry's on the way. Some of the young kids coming through, which is great to see. I love that analogy. Cavalry is on the way to North, so look out. <laughs> and in the B grade, we have uh, got Berry and uh, Loxton North. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm spewing. I'm not going to be around for this game because I reckon it's going to be a cracker. They've both got really good players running around in, in their twos. Um, North have probably got a lot more, I'd say, experienced A graders running around. You know, when you've got guys like Ryan Proud and, and Michael Arnold and, and Kyle Worsfold um, up and about. And, you know, Proud is out there kicking bags of thirteen every week, and um, which is great to see. But Barry, um, I think that they're that little bit younger, but just you know, a really good experienced side now too. They've really worked on their depth. 
the Demons to try and uh, improve their B grade, which obviously helps the, the senior team as well. So I think it's going to be an absolute cracker of a game, which once again could go either way. And now the main event, ding, ding, here we go. Loxton and <laughs> Wakery in the RFL A grade preliminary final. Well, mate, this is the all the all the turbulence from this week uh, just gets put aside for some actual football. Everything's on the line for these two teams. It's been a uh, you know very close battle all year. Uh, both of them have had the measure of each other, but now in the preliminary final setting, what could happen? Oh, look, uh, yeah, I, I think. The Magpies might have had a little bit taken out their sails uh, by Renmark. Uh, but, look, I think that they will respond uh, indeed. I think a younger side that can recover well and now with some guidance, you know, with plenty of games into uh, Tim Bevan uh, now to lead around the middle. So I, I think mm-hmm. we could see um, that nice balance of experience and uh, exuberant youth, uh, you know, uh, doing the Magpies proud this weekend. Yeah, the, I mean they'll, they'll definitely bounce back. Yeah, and as we mentioned earlier, they've they've had the wood over Loxon in the last two. But now, yeah, Tom, I pointed out obviously Loxon won that first clash on on the Russell Liebert day as well. So, I guess my my concern for Loxon is that they've sort of they haven't dropped away as much this year. But last year they obviously dropped away a fair bit towards the end of the year, and they they have to a certain extent this year as well. Um, you know, they obviously lost their their final round game to to uh, Wakery. Um, they nearly dropped the, the the Proud Cup as well, um, but certainly been nowhere near as dramatic as as last year. They're still playing. You know, the first semi final they played really good football to storm home against Berry, but their issue will be going down to Wakery as you mentioned. They haven't won there since two thousand and fifteen, and overcoming that demon plus overcoming uh, a Wakery side that's going to be pretty bloody hungry this week. So, but they've got. What Loxon does have is they've got some really good experienced heads around there. They're sort of 20 to 24-year-olds now when you've got a Luke Harder there. Um, yeah, uh, when you've got guys like uh, Lockie Evans running around on, on the wing as well. Um, you know, there, there's some real experience of Ryan Smith, you know, who is probably not going to be in their best players every week, but once again, just adds experience. And then obviously Dylan Millard as well. So um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they respond because I think, I think people are probably maybe expecting Wakery to to win this week after finishing second, but I think Loxton's every chance. Absolutely, that's it. Yeah, they um, certainly have uh, shown uh, this season that they uh, they can be a contender and they genuinely are. But what I'd be interested uh, to see on Saturday is uh, with um, especially around the middle as well. I was I was interesting to see that tactic that Wakery uh, took just getting the first touch off the hitouts and look, again, um, Loxton have got some tall timber there with Craig Fisher. So do they go that same route again and almost allow Jack Colbert mm. to be that high forward and midfielder again? Um, you know, just give up the tap outs. Uh, you know, a la Port Adelaide, as I reiterated last week. Um, yeah, it'd just be interesting if they do that. The other thing is, do they go and put a cooler on Jesse Will? 
I was going to ask you the exact same yeah. thing. Like, who, who do you put to him? And is it a is it a Stephen Hoysler? Is it or you do do you put someone who's going to make Jesse accountable, like a Tristan Gaiman, who can run off and and um and put the pressure back on Jesse to to defend as well as attack? So that's you know he's he's been in outstanding form, probably in the more so in the back half of the season. So they they're going to have to do do something there, I think. And um yeah, geez, he's um he's going to be a hard man to stop, but. Yeah, what's it? So he kicked uh, five in that that first semi and four in the first quarter. So you know you'd want to be on him pretty early. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Harv's mentioned earlier about uh, you know yeah wearing someone wearing the a glove <laughs> and wearing him like one uh, at, down there. So yeah, be interesting to to see if uh, uh, Wakery uh, are happy to do that. Maybe give up someone's game early on and then. You know, have them drift off if they're able to uh, contain Jesse there. But uh, yeah, because uh, so the- that's 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 exactly the issue, though. Because yeah. if you if you don't put someone on him straight away, you, you might be just sort of waiting to see how the game plays out. But his first quarters, not just this this game, but there's been other ones this year where he's been outstanding as well. So if he gets on top early, then geez, you you know you threaten to lose the game early on, and you, and you just can't afford that. So yeah. I think it's. Um, yeah, or or does Shane just back his back six to get the job done? I don't know. Yeah, and the the other uh, factor here, I think, is what we saw in their last hit out was Wakery's movement through the mid uh, definitely cut up Loxton as well. There was a uh, an inside kick uh, about f- uh, yeah one of those inside forty five degree kicks uh, once they got to half forward, which really caught. <laughs> Loxton flat-footed, so you just wonder if uh, Loxton might protect the corridor a little bit more. So whether that uh, means they might, you know, push a bit harder uh, in that regard. Yeah, potentially, uh, and probably the other other thing that uh, Loxton's going to have to, yeah, just worry about those Spensley boys. If one of those gets on top of them, they're um, yeah, they could be in a bit of trouble. Um, Maddie's done it a couple of times this year, a bit similar to Jesse, where he's just. Uh, gone nuts early and and uh, set, set, the, uh, set the tone. Yeah. So um, probably you know his back half. Maddie, for example, his back half of the season probably hasn't as been as strong as his 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 front half. But um, you know he's a a class act and and a big game player too. So mm. um, yeah, looking forward to seeing the little fella in action. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Yeah, little fella, but has a big impact, and we could see that oh, huge this, impact. <laughs> we could see that this weekend. So yeah, we can't wait. What? What about the midfield battle, mate? There's some absolute jets going running around in the either uh, midfield as well. When you when you look at guys, so Locks obviously got you know Will Gucci and you know they might throw Johnny Fisher through there. Um, obviously, Lockie Evans does a Jack Evans come back into the side. You know, Lockie Bradley, and then on, on the other side um, you know, for Wakery when they've got some absolute out, out and out stars in there as well. So you know, Jake Spensley and Tim Bevan and those guys. So that it's just got. Juicy matchup after juicy it matchup does. all That's across it. the ground. And what I'm interested to see is, like I mentioned before, the experience and and the youth. I I just I've nicknamed him um, Lockie Pressure Axe Nitschke because some of his tackling that I've seen as of late, you know, just been able to hold up a stoppage when it needs to be done at the right time to keep it uh, in keep the ball down Wakery's end. Just yeah, his pressure has been great, and we've seen. His skills start to flourish, getting the ball out of the contest as well, which is, is look really good. But it, it reminds me a little bit of um, you know just being a Cats fan like that. Tom Atkins tackling pressure, you just see him just get mm-hmm. just grab hold of guys and saying you know you shall not pass. 
<laughs> well, the fingers crossed he, he gets selected this week because he, he did miss the cut last week, but yeah. absolutely carved up in the uh, in the under 18. So, um, you know, whether they, they bring him in for this game because he has a, a pretty good season for a, for a young fella. And I think you're right, his pressure is is made for, for finals. Um, so, and good to see, it'll be good to see some of these young guys in action too. Like, so, like Lockie, like a Mitch Hahn, um, you know, do they come in and, uh, and play a really big game yeah. as well? Or, or on the flip side for Loxon as well, you know, they got, you know, someone like a, um, Harley Campbell yes. potentially come in and, and play an absolute blinder. Yeah, so all of that to play out this weekend. And look, you know, perhaps maybe your team has hung up the boots for season 2022, but, you know, um, just still put on your colours, go out and support Riverland football because it's going to be a huge day uh, for prelim finals. So uh, we can't... Kate Hilton's the other one, mate. I, yes. I know we, I keep dragging this up, but Kate Hilton, he played the cracker in the 18s on the weekend too. So, you know, somebody who's... Spent some time down at Westies. I don't know what his um, what their plans are, but geez, he'd uh, it'd be one that to certainly watch out for if they uh, if they select him. Yeah, that's it. So it would be nice if we could have some selected teams when we record this, but <laughs> I think we've yeah. we've speculated responsibly. Uh, we haven't jumped the gun on anything here, so. Uh, uh, we hopefully we get to see all of that uh, play out this weekend. So, uh, well, Dillo, we've managed to fit it all in again. A huge week of Riverland football, both on and off the field. But I'm happy to say that we're looking forward to a big game. Yeah, talking about footy again rather than, than what's happened. Let's look forward to a big weekend of prelims and, and grand final. And, uh, and we'll do it all again the week after, mate. One more time for the year. That's it, mate. And just before we go, one quick fire one, your prediction for the Willis medal. I can't predict because I know who won. So <laughs> I helped with the presentation. So I can't, I can't get involved, deflating. mate. So I'll, <laughs> sorry, what mate. What about you? What a way to end the show on a fizzer. <laughs> I, what about yourself, I mate? I think Matty Hodge has had a good enough season to break the mould of a, yeah, yeah. A, a, of, you know, get, getting that, uh, you know, yeah. First year recognition. First year recognition, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, took out the MVP as well. Yeah. He's um he's had a ripping year, Maddie, yeah. and got to meet him properly for the first time a couple of weeks back when we uh, interviewed him with Terry Lefty and really nice bloke to boat. So um, yeah, he's a ripper. That's it. He's already got uh, yeah the endorsement of the coaches, so he just needs the endorsement of the umpires. And we'll wrap up all of that next week right here on the Kick Ons podcast. So join us then.